Debuts. Debuts. So listen, uh, yeah. we just spent, uh, we're both very tired. Very tired. Why, why are you tired? I worked all day. Uh-huh. I too also work, but you have a, I think, what do you do again? Uh, well. Uh, don't, don't tell the people. No, don't tell the people. I work at Spencer's Gifts with you. No, I work at a different Spencer's Gifts. Oh, different, different. I'm at Zoomies. Yeah, so here's the deal. We uh, This is a new, the new concept for the podcast. We, yeah. we actually manage different Spencer's gifts. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm part of the dildo section. <laughs> you're the dildo, man- you're dildo, you're the dildo manager. Yeah. By the way, as a kid, I didn't know how to read. That's not true. I yes, didn't... it is. You fucking told me you were born knowing how to read? Fuck off. That's Why'd you get so upset? I was going to say the word dildo. Which is, let's be honest, a very strange spelling. D-I-L-D-O? How do you think dildo should be spelled? I thought didlo. <laughs> because you use it to diddle yourself? I didn't even know what diddling myself meant, but I, I know that when I would read it, maybe I'm dyslexic, maybe that's it. Because I read it as didlo, and I was like, that that's a... Uh, all right, that's a word. So, so I'm picturing you, yep. you, you, and your 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 middle school friends go into Spencer's Gifts, mm-hmm. stack three high on each other's shoulders in a giant trench coat. Of you course. got a fake mustache on. You're like, could you show me to your finest didlos, please? If my mother let me leave the house, that would have definitely <laughs> happened. Didlos. I mean, like it's no worse of a name than dildo. It's I, like it's it's. You know. Didlo, dildo. They're not great words. Yeah. Who came up with that word? Just, I don't know, a Spaniard maybe? That's how you want to start the podcast? <laughs> uh, well, we could just... It doesn't even sound like a Spanish word. Dildo? Dude. Does it sound like an English word? It doesn't sound like anything. It's like a symbiote. <laughs> we just spent a fucking hour and a half talking about Venom 2, which I haven't even seen. You haven't seen Tall People? What you told me about movies. Movies you haven't seen. I haven't seen any of the, the Spider-Man MCU movies. The uh, Spider-Man solo MCU movies. I didn't like close my eyes when he was on screen during Infinity War. I just think it's crazy you haven't seen them. They're not streaming. What did I say about plexing? You said you have plex and I still don't know what that means. If you tell me you have plex, it's I a... think you should go to the dentist. That's a plaque. What app is that? So... Anyways, hey, hi, everybody. This is a wrestling podcast about wrestling. Yeah, I mean, wrestling's not really that meaningful to me. No, no, I don't care I've about wrestling. I've been at AEW two weeks in a row. <laughs> Yikes. So, just, I guess, to, to catch everybody up, the first four episodes that we recorded were all prior to Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Sorry, CM Punk and Bryan Danielson. What did showing, you say? I said Daniel Bryan. Oh, okay. Who's that guy? Some vegan. Yeah, some virgin. Some jobber. Yeah. Well, yeah, Daniel Bryan, uh, Brian Danielson, CM Punk, Adam yep. Cole, Ruby Soho, and 
apparently Leo Rush has now debuted. Yeah, wow. Don't really care for that. Yeah, what a great, uh, what a great thing. Um, he'll, he'll be retired again, like, at the end of this podcast. So, yeah, I was just going to say the first four episodes were kind of on this rush of being like, ooh, what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen? I don't know if if they're going to pick up the sound of me rubbing my hands together. But he's I was sort not of, rubbing his hands. He's rubbing something else. Yeah. I'm rubbing my diddlo. That's not funny. It's <laughs> hurtful. I, I open up to you about my uh, dyslexia, which I'm not dyslexic, I don't think. Who knows, honestly. So, listen. The first, the first four episodes, we were all like, ooh, is CM Punk going to show up? Is Brian Danielson going to show up? Is Adam Cole going to re-sign? Like, I think in the NXT episode, we're even talking about, like, are they going to let Adam Cole go? As it turns out, spoiler, they fucking did. They sure did. Well, I mean, he he wanted to go. I he, think that's what has come out in, in the weeks since his debut. He's done all these podcasts. Sounds like he saw the writing on the wall and thought there'd be a better opportunity. Well, so. I think that's probably the case. But I guess Adam Cole's a good segue as any, because this week we're talking about debuts, the science, the magic even, of introducing a wrestler to your audience for the first time. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. We're going to talk about both. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get through all of them, because no, it's there, wrestling. There have been thousands. Yes. But what do you think the most important thing is in terms of what what makes a great debut? Oof, I think that's a loaded question. It depends on how that debut is presented, right? Is it a surprise? Is it a build-up? Is there a storyline reason for said debut? Well, I think all of those could result in a great debut. Mm-hmm. So I guess that answers the question. Podcast over. Yeah, podcast over. A great debut can come from anywhere. but But a bad debut can also come from anywhere. A debut can fall flat even if it's been well booked up until then, depending on any number of factors, depending on who the person is, if it's a surprise, if it's underwhelming, if it's executed poorly. It could even be something as simple as timing or a you know pyro going off at the wrong time or the music not hitting right. Like... Or no music. Or no music. Which, uh... Yeah, we'll get to that too. Yeah. But, like, we probably should have come up with a list of great debuts and bad debuts. I mean, we did before we started recording. Yeah, I mean, we could probably... I think what makes my, what might make sense is to do it by promotion. Okay. Of, of the ones that kind of come to mind as good or bad, and then throughout the conversation, I'm sure we're like, oh, fuck, remember, uh, you know, Mason Ryan? No. Well, you know, that's a good point. You've got a great debut doesn't necessarily mean a great star, mm-hmm. and a great star doesn't necessarily have a great debut. It certainly yep. helps, yep. and it can certainly get you a long way. Yep. The first one that always comes to mind in terms of great debuts mm-hmm. is Chris Jericho, the Ayatollah, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, mm-hmm. the sexy beast, the king of the world, demo god. My wife went to the January sixth rally. <laughs> at, at the Capitol, yeah. That guy, yeah. Tremendous debut. Tremendous debut. And I'm talking about his original WWE debut. Not Lionheart Chris Jericho. Nope. Even though, uh, allegedly, his debut in ECW was pretty good because in his first match, he got to suplex Taz, which was like a big deal. Pretty big deal, yeah. And in WCW, he had a good enough debut, I guess. It was probably on fucking... Saturday Night. Yeah, I, guess. Yeah. I don't even know what his first WCW match was. 
Probably against Prince Ikea or some shit. I don't know. Whereas Chris Jericho always called him Prince Nakimaki. Kind of makes sense that his wife went to the uh, <laughs> Capitol <laughs> riots. But no, Jericho's 1999? 1999 debut. The Y2J in debut. In Chicago, I believe. In Chicago, yeah. And we can, we can talk about all the boxes that ticks, right? Mm-hmm. This is a character, a new character, theoretically. Because Y2J is a similar but distinct character from Lionheart Chris Jericho. Yes. He's certainly portrayed as a big deal right out the gate because he's coming from WCW, which is a promotion where he was trying to get himself over and get a program going with Goldberg and did get himself over and did get fans interested in the program. It's just that WCW was not interested in running the program, so it kind of died. Well, specifically, Bill Goldberg was not. Very interested in... Well, Goldberg wasn't interested, but also Bischoff and... Sure, sure. And I mean, the, like, it would help if the guy that you're you're trying to feud with uh, is on board as well. Right. He was not on board. Billy was the, was the yeah. man, yeah. right? So, understandably, from the position of an Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. like, hey, our top star doesn't want to feud with this mid-card mm-hmm. guy. This mm-hmm. admittedly talented mid-card guy, sure. our top star doesn't want to do it, we can't make him do it, yeah. so we're just gonna we're just gonna not. Yeah, I think w- what we might stumble upon when talking about de- well debuts and we did defections. I think last time of talent not being used to their uh, utmost you know efficacy, who then go to the competition where they are you know they're allowed to sort of uh, flourish. Right, I think Jericho had his stumbling blocks, but, you know, it's the same story as, like, um, you know, eventually Benoit and Eddie, who go over to WWF or E, uh, who weren't necessarily getting fair shots despite how talented they were. So they go to the other, the the Rascals, wow, that's a different (laughs) tag team, the Radicals, Uh coming over to WWF, uh, not all of them were successes, but that debut... We still talk about it to this day. Yes. And so I think throughout the course of this podcast, we're going to be talking about AEW debuts and like uh, a Miro, for example, which I think a little bit mirrors like Jericho in WCW where over a guy, very talented, but was at a certain level. Right. And, and the management wasn't going to let it fly. They didn't see him at a different level. Yes. The Neville level. The Neville level? Yeah. That's, that's a, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, Jericho's debut, I remember being 11. Being, I was a big fan of Chris Jericho, and the internet was... A, my parents had the internet. Crazy, right? And uh, there was like all these rumors of uh, the, the Chris Jericho, the, the paragon of virtue. Right. Which I didn't know what paragon of virtue meant. Uh, <laughs> you still don't I, know I, what I virtue still, no, no, I mean, I don't exactly. Uh, I was so excited... And the countdown clock, like every, uh, I guess every Monday, I don't think, was SmackDown? No. Uh, yeah, no. So every Monday, this countdown clock. and uh, The countdown I, to the millennium. Millennium, which, as a kid, very confusing. Because, like, you know, whenever he did, people like, that's not 2000. No. <laughs> it was it, way before the millennium. Yeah, it happened in the summer, right? I think so, yeah. It was like a couple months ago. So, <laughs> I mean, 
from a couple months and twenty years ago. Yeah, I hear I met fuck you. But no, I mean that's that's a, worth mentioning too. Is that that was a debut where a lot of boxes got ticked, mm-hmm. right? You had a talent who was established. Mm-hmm. Wrestling itself was hot, so millions of people already knew who Chris Jericho was. Yes. Chris Jericho was over with a large portion of the audience, even if he was a crowd favorite even then, uh, an underdog favorite. Sure. So millions of people knew who this guy was and always liked when he was on TV. Yeah. Okay? So a surprise is always going to be over, so you've got that in your favor. Mm-hmm. You've got the, the grassroots support for Chris Jericho. Yeah. You have the WWF fans excited that they've poached a guy from WCW. So you have a defection. You have an ongoing storyline building anticipation, that being the countdown. You have a wider social interest, Mm -hmm. that being the buzz surrounding the new millennium. That's already five strong points in favor. And And then... we get into the actual debut itself, yes. which is also masterfully done. It's against The Rock. Yes. He's already positioned against the hottest guy they have. Yes. The lights go down. You get the iconic countdown. Mm-hmm. You get the music, which, I mean, I like Judas. I think everybody loves Judas, right? As a theme. Yeah, I mean. But Jericho had that one for fucking 20 years. It's still over. I mean, he if he ever uh, went back to WWE and played, like it'd be. I mean, to this, I mean, to the point that this is how over this entrance became and how great this debut was. The countdown sound effect, like the, yeah, like the the digital clock countdown. That chime is over. Like almost like the Law and Order chun chun sound effect is over. Well, it's it's uh we're gonna get to the uh the the punk debut at some point, I'm sure. But like the, the static, the static is the same. Great wrestling themes, yeah. have something at the top. Glass shattering, glass shattering. Uh, if you smell what the rocks cooking, yes. Um, say it to my face. <laughs> well, I was gonna say the, uh, um, the the little the little drums at the beginning of uh, of Shawn Michaels' theme. The yeah, the shields got their the way that it starts. It's not really like a. Are you ready? Oh, is that Val Venus or is that DX? DX? Okay. Um, oh, Hello, ladies is the Val Venus yeah. one. Oh, the, the, the fucking yeah, that's a great saxophone. debut. Okay, so we gotta. All we right. have to get beyond. We're, we're gonna put a, a thumbtack in this because we gotta yes. talk about great theme music later. Yes. But the Jericho theme is also great. Mm-hmm. The entrance video was also really kind of unique. Yes. Because it didn't have Jericho in it. Later on, it would. Yes. But it's like... It's his name. There's a, a, a video of, like, New York City, I guess. It's it's New York City. There's, like... A uh, naked stripper-looking list. Yeah, there's, lady. like, women's... Like, sexy women at a rave or something. There's, like, sh- shots of the city, like, mm-hmm. the, the city... Like, it's all very modern. It's yep. all, at the time, very modern, very cutting edge. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you watch the at debut, and at, maybe we're going to get to this... It's all these shots of other stuff. Yes. And then the text comes up with Jericho. Jericho. And the audience... Uh, loses it. Loses it. it. It's so funny. If you watch it, mm-hmm. there's like a half a second mm-hmm. 
of silence. You can feel the anticipation yeah. building as you see the countdown. Mm-hmm. And then as it says Jericho, it takes them about a half of a second to read the word Jericho. And yeah. then all of a sudden, yeah, yeah. and it just swells up. And he has a, he comes out. It, again, this is what makes wrestling cool, I think. And this is why like Spider-Man multiverse is cool. Yeah. Is that it's a character from a different yes. universal show. That was never mentioned, never really uh, referred to, but everyone knows about. Boom! He shows up on on the competitors' TV, and that's a bit of a like a, you know, uh, a brain aneurysm that I'm having right now. But a bit of a mindfuck. Yeah. To see that, and I, if I could kind of jump ahead a little bit, I think the next debut I want to talk about is AJ Styles. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to talk about AJ Styles. Uh, after after this too, yeah. But I, I want to just put button up Jericho, yes. and say that he has a great promo, a fantastic yeah, fantastic promo. Jericho knocks it out of the park. If you rewatch it, I think they give the Rock too much mm-hmm. in his rebuttal to Chris yes. Jericho. The Rock kind of shuts him down a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Jericho essentially puts himself over, says he's going to save the WWF from. Uh, Boring, repetitive shit. Yes. And The Rock kind of gets one over on him and mm-hmm. slaps him down because he hits him with a doesn't matter what your name is, whatever. Sure. Right? And Chris Jericho shows a little bit of ass at the end. Like, mm-hmm. it's at the end, it's The Rock's theme playing and it's The Rock standing tall. Yes. And the debut is so good that people don't remember... The fact that in the moment mm-hmm. they ended it wrong. Yeah. It should have ended with like a stare down. Yeah. Instead of Jericho like stamping his feet on the on the yeah. on the runway, like mad that the rock upstaged him. Yes. So in the popular imagination, Jericho kind of wins that exchange. Mm-hmm. But then again, also in the popular imagination, Jericho doesn't then waste a year in, like, weird undercard storylines. Sure. But, yeah, he kind of gets lost in the aftermath of that. So, but in our in our collective memory yep. of his career, mm-hmm. that debut was so good that it immediately made him a viable main event player. I mean, it did. They just didn't get it right away. They, no. kind, of, they kind of missed how successful and how iconic it was. And this is WWF. So, like, I mean, this is... Uh par for the course with them is uh, and yeah. poor follow-up. And to be fair, it's going to be difficult. You're looking to plug in Chris Jericho when you've already got The Rock and Mick Foley and Kurt Angle and uh, Triple H yeah. and Vince McMahon and Steve Austin also in the mix somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's easy to see how you get lost in the shuffle, but what a great debut. Still yeah. one of the all-time greats. Fantastic debut. And as a counterpoint, we want to talk about somebody who realistically should have been a much bigger deal than Chris Jericho, that being AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Because AJ was a much bigger star mm-hmm. in the rest of the world Fucking killed that fly. Did you? Yeah. Guys, you don't know this, but uh, for the past little while... There's been a fly bugging Well, I mean, I'm talking about weeks at, at this point in my apartment. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. I think it's the weather. I'm not sure. Anyways, AJ Styles, who should have been a bigger deal, 
Yeah, AJ Styles should have been magnitudes bigger than Chris Jericho. Um, and here's why I think he wasn't. Well, he should have. Let me ask you why you think he should have been. Because he's a 20 year veteran, right? But in 1999, Chris Jericho had been wrestling for what, nine years? Uh, like four of those on national TV. Mm-hmm. He had never been a world champion. Sure. He had never been in a... I mean, his highest profile program had been against Dean Malenko, which is a great program. But Dean Malenko ain't Goldberg. He didn't get his program with Goldberg over. He had been TV champion and cruiserweight champion. So was a popular mid-card act, but by no means like a future legend. Yeah. Right? In 2000, what is it, 2014, 2015, when AJ Styles debuts? Yeah. AJ leaves TNA in 2013-14. No, he goes to New Japan for a couple years. Yes. And then it's January 2016. Okay. Because if you remember, he, he comes in with... Nakamura, well, around the same time, Nakamura. Good Brothers, yeah. Good Brothers. And there's all these reports from the beginning of January to his debut at the Rumble where the, 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 the campaign, the marketing, is dirt sheets and even WWE.com saying, hey, uh, there have been reports that four of Japan's biggest stars are going to you know, be on their way. So... Much different than the uh, Jericho debut where they, they played ads, or um, uh, vignettes, sorry, on TV. AJ, and the story's different. This is why I disagree with you. I think Jericho was part of wrestling when it was hotter anyways. And AJ, yes, 20-year vet, when wrestling wasn't so hot, and there's TNA, which, all due respect, it's TNA, and, you know... Jericho, I think, was a bigger star when he came in than AJ. And that maybe that's a different. I think AJ's better, but I don't think he was a bigger star than Jericho. So, or what had meant would mean more than Jericho did. So I guess it's a it's a it's a size of the pond situation, right? Yeah. Because if we're talking about, it might be apples and oranges because Chris Jericho was a mid card guy who had been on who had been on TV for like four years when he came in. But those four years counted for a lot because of how visible wrestling was. Yes. AJ Styles, I think, probably had his first match in 1999. That's right. Yep. Which is, you know, when Jericho is debuting, right? But his first match in 99, he's in WCW by 2001. Yep. He's in TNA by 2002. He's TNA or I guess NWA world champion, but the world champion for TNA by the end of that year. Yeah. Then TNA gets a cable deal. He's visible on their TV for years and years and years. He's building up a similar kind of grassroots because he was never portrayed as the guy in TNA. Mm -hmm. And people felt that he should have been. Yes. For sure. So that's similar to Jericho. He eventually bets on himself and leaves TNA, goes to New Japan... And improves his reputation even more. So he's been the top guy and world champion in two separate promotions. Mm -hmm. And is a much longer term veteran by the time he shows up in WWE. And I guess what I'm trying to get across is the 
the dream matches, mm-hmm. there were more dream matches gestating for an AJ Styles in WWE in 2016 than there would have been for a Chris Jericho in WWF in 1999. So that's why, in my perspective, AJ Styles is a, on paper, a bigger debut. However, it wasn't. Partially because, as you say, wrestling was hotter. Yes. So even if Jericho had less time to gestate, he was a more visible figure. Mm-hmm. And whoever Jericho was going to debut against in 1999, he got to debut against The Rock. In an almost direct comparison, AJ Styles debuts against Roman Reigns, and no one cared. Well, I mean, it's a kind no. of a moment, but... It, I would say... Wait, what are you talking about? What do they not care about? The fact that it's Roman Reigns. I cared. You cared that it was Roman You're like, oh, AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. Well, it's want... just, yeah, kind of, because it's the same idea well, as Well, he's him... the most WWE guy. Yeah, well, it's the same idea as him eventually coming to the ring with Cena. And, I guess there, you're right, right? Yes. Like, it's It's these, again, it's these different universes, these different stars, um... Known as like the mascots of the promotion. I guess it's like it's like Spider Man going into if Spider Man goes into the DC universe, he's gonna confront Superman, right? He's not gonna confront fucking Deadshot. Sure. Right. So AJ Styles. Well, I mean, a better. I mean, it's Bruce Wayne going to the MCU and confronting Tony Stark. Tony Stark. They're essentially the same. Yes. You know, character. I guess like same role, but. Yes. That's why I said Spider-Man and Superman, because they're like the like the number one. Yeah, one's an adult, one's a boy, though. <laughs> Come on. All right, so anyway. Um, Captain America and Superman would have been a better... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, Spider-Man is more the mascot of Marvel. You, you, got, you got hung up on the mascot, didn't you? <laughs> um, so, but, you know, sticking on the AJ Styles front here, I thought that debut was amazing, regardless of, you know long-term effect and, and how he was pushed and how it was, how it was promoted, I guess. It was a, you know, it was a moment. You know, the guy who's never been on, you know, really, I don't count the end of WCW as, like, great TV here. No, no. But a guy who's never been in WWE, really, comes out to a pretty sizable reaction. Similar to the Jericho entrance, if you remember, I'm sure you do. Yep. It's, like, this music that no one knows, this, like, weird, like, Photoshop video entrance, and, you know, it's I am phenomenal. And then, once you see phenomenal, people fucking get it. Yeah. And then there's just, a like, huge pop, and uh, I usually crap on the commentary, but, you know, even when he walked out, they're like, could it be? It is, and it's AJ, and they immediately, you know, put him up there with, like, Brock Lesnar and... With the accolades and stuff, so... Yeah, that, yeah I, I think they even say, like, the former IWGP champion, the same title that Brock Lesnar held! Yeah. So they're telling you, hey, this guy's on par with Brock Lesnar, he's confronting Roman Reigns directly, so they're yeah. telling you he's on the level of Roman Reigns. And the audience is reacting to him in such a way that if you don't know who the guy is... Yes. ...then it, something's up. They definitely rolled the dice, because I'm not positive that Vince believed that people would know who AJ Styles was. I'm confident Vince didn't know. He didn't think people would know who AJ is. So I wonder I wonder who convinced him. You wonder if it was Triple H, but AJ didn't go through NXT. Also, 
AJ was like lowballed an offer yeah. by Triple H like two years before. So yeah. it's not I mean, I don't know if those guys were like tight uh at that point. And I know I know Arn Arn Anderson, you know, my guy, Arn. Oh uh Armed Anderson? Armed Anderson. Uh NRA is Arn spelled backwards. Dude, you know? unbelievable. But <laughs> Art's still a great promo. Uh, and absolutely batshit crazy in that Probably promo. also has a good shot, too. Yeah. So, Arn, on his podcast, talked yes. about they were looking for new opponents for Cena. Mm-hmm. And Arn was watching TNA. Apparently, he was one of the only guys. It was like Arn and Dixie Carter watching TNA yeah, every yeah. week. And Arn pitched them, hey, listen, we need opponents for Cena. He pitched them AJ Styles, yeah. James Storm, and Bobby Roode. As potentially guys you could bring in as top heels to work with Cena. Yeah. And the answer that he got uh, from Cena as well as Vince was no. So I think, at least in terms of AJ Styles, yeah. Arn was proven correct in that this is a person who could excel in WWE. Yeah. But it's always surprising to me how much your average WWE crowd knows about people outside of WWE. Because we see and we hear this demographic research that WWE fans, by and large, only watch WWE, whereas people who watch other promotions tend to watch all promotions as well as WWE. So it does surprise... I guess it's because AJ Styles had been so long and so well established. But I do want to say... Tell me. They botch it a little bit. Because the camera is on Roman... When AJ walks That's out. fair. However, to counterpoint your point, <laughs> they upload a video on YouTube of the... It's like the fucking Edge. The Edge thing, yeah. yeah. So they, they re-uploaded our second unseen perspective of the same debut. And so instead of zooming up on Roman, it's like this wide shot, I think, yeah. where you see the screen and you see the audience. And then you can, like, you know, the moment is... is is conveyed in a much better, better better way. But he comes out pretty over, and outside of losing his first match against Jericho yes. at Mania... And uh, getting kind of unceremoniously dumped out of the Rumble. He's not even Final Four. No, he's not, but like the, the pop he gets as he goes out is pretty significant because they keep chanting AJ Styles. And I think it's Owen, Kevin Owens is like yes. waving goodbye to him or doing, doing the pose as well. But it is similar to Jericho in that I don't think they realized how successful the debut was going to be and they weren't prepared to immediately follow up on it. Yep. Right? So the correct response in the Rock situation would have been Jericho just knocked this out of the park. People are molten for him. Yep. Maybe don't have the Rock hit him with the fatality at the end. Sure. In the same way that, okay, you're not going to suddenly call an audible and have AJ Styles win this Royal Rumble. But maybe bring him to the Final Four. I don't sure. remember who the Final Four in 2016 were. Was well, it Triple H Rumble? Okay, so AJ could have been in there. It, it just had to... We knew it had to be Triple H and Ambrose at the end, right? Yeah, it was Reigns. Right, so you could have had AJ in there in the Final Four. Sure. Just to have him in that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that moment, that stare down. Yeah. So a missed opportunity because they underestimated how hot the debut was going to be. But to your point, they really sell it. They tell you that this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. The commentators know who this is, and if the commentators know who it is and are excited about who it is, that sends the message that 
the fans need to know who this is, and they need to understand how big of a deal this is. We're going to talk about Christian now. Oh, no, that's not where I was going to go. Oh. Uh, we can get to Christian, but he also, and he's very lucky for this, was able to keep his name. Yes. So, you know, you just mentioned about the commentators sold it, and, like, they knew who he was. You know, it wasn't that long ago on Raw, uh, Gum, Gum, Dewdrop, Gumdrop, what's her name? Dewdrop. Dewdrop who has been on NXT UK and NXT TV as Piper Niven, yeah. shows up on Raw and they're like, who is this? We, we, what's her name? Right. And it's like, come on, come on. And this is someone in their universe. Mm-hmm. They have decided to like disregard what their name is. AJ came in with his name. Um, obviously, they didn't have the music, but he had the bullet holes on his outfit. Like They're, they're paying subtle hints to... The Bullet Club, which is not their IP, his even his entrance has like, like a weird like gunshot yes uh, uh, thing to it. So, outside of yeah, you know he gets thrown out and and you know maybe they didn't believe in him. Like there are aspects to that debut that made made me think like they they got it. Yes, they they, they set him up to succeed in a way that they don't always do. In that they gave him the rare privilege of keeping the momentum and the name that he built. Yep. Right? Because not everybody not everybody gets that. Even Finn Balor didn't get that. And they love that guy. For NXT or for the main roster? NXT. I mean... Yeah, he had a weird debut. They're, they went through that period where they would bring somebody in uh-huh. and their name would be on the, t- the Tron yes. and then it would get erased. Yep. Like, remember Kenta came in yes. and the name said Kenta and he's like, uh-huh. in NXT, I will be named Hideo Itami. Did, did Tommy end? He showed up as Tommy End. In NXT UK. Yes, and then he was Neville. on regular NXT. As Aleister Black. Yeah. He didn't get, like, the star wipe to change his no. name. Was, sorry, the Kenta thing is hilarious because I remember watching Raw... Uh, when they would have sometimes NXT talent on to do like an exhibition match. It was like Neville or like Tyler Breeze or something. Anyways, they showed an ad of like Kenta. Kent! They said his name was Kenta! <laughs> it's coming to NXT, right? And then Hideo Tommy. I'm like, why would you do that? Anyways, AJ Styles, great debut. Yes. Chris Jericho, great debut. Before we get to Christian's yes. re debut, yes. which one are we talking about? Uh, I wanted to talk about the WWE one, the ECW one. Yes, we'll get to that in just a second, though. Kane. There's still so many debuts. Well, Kane might be the best one. You want to give that more time? Kane? Yeah. All right, we'll talk about Kane. I think I I might pitch Kane as the best and most successful debut... Of a new character. Of a new character. Yes. Yeah, because to your point, Mm -hmm. AJ Styles and Chris Jericho... They were new versions of the people that we'd seen before, but we were supposed to into it that this Chris Jericho is the same Chris Jericho we knew from WCW. Yeah. This is the same AJ Styles that we knew. Mm-hmm. So Kane had obviously been in WWE before, but when he comes out, we're not supposed to say, oh, it's Isaac Yankum. This is a new character. All you have to do is wait 16 years for Bray Wyatt, and you'll <laughs> have that same moment. Uh, but no, Kane's debut... Storyline was there. The storyline was, what, six months in the making? Like, this idea that... Because if you go back to even before Kane, this idea of Kane, there's... You can trace it back to... Uh, well, The Undertaker's original name. Yeah, the uh, well, yeah, Kane the Undertaker, yeah. right? 
But I was going to say, you trace it back to Undertaker's original feud with Mankind. Yep. And Paul Bearer turning on The Undertaker to, to manage Mankind. And the feud between Paul Bearer and The Undertaker is going on for months and months. And also, uh, Mankind is in there. And also, uh, weirdly enough, The Executioner. You remember him? Yes, I do. Uh, yes, I do. Terry Gordy. Yep. In like a Halloween Express costume that <laughs> you mean spirit halloween yeah whatever very very popular in the meme culture right now yeah so that gets in there but it's going on for a while and mm-hmm. it's probably like a year in the making by the time we actually meet kane because he debuted we, at bad blood yeah, yeah. Di- bad blood 97 so we start with this seed of dissension between paul bearer and the undertaker he's feuding openly with paul bearer he's feuding with mankind and the mm-hmm. executioner then we start to get into this blackmail storyline where Paul Bearer is going to reveal a secret about The Undertaker, and that takes a couple months. Can I, can I make a bad joke? Yeah. The, uh, the secret, the blackmail, is that Mark Holloway doesn't like blackmails. <laughs> <laughs> Except The Godfather. Yeah. Hey, we, we counting him? Bone Street Crew, man. Bone, Bone Street Crew? Wasn't that them? BSK? Bone Skull? <laughs> Bulk and Skull are from Power Rangers. No, Bone Skull? I thought it was Bone Street Crew. Why would they be a street? I don't know. But BSK was Undertaker's I saw crew. his tattoo. It's his... His, terrible... his anti-click click. Sure. Because that's adult. Yeah. Hey. Y- y- fuck you. Yeah, yeah, we're we're going to club too. Yeah. And we're going we're gonna to get matching tattoos. Idiots. Anyways. So, Kane. Yeah, so we've got... It starts with The Undertaker and Paul Bear. Mm-hmm. It moves then to this this, this blackmail storyline mm-hmm. where we're going to have a secret revealed. And Undertaker is trying to avoid the secret being revealed. And that takes a couple months. And then we find out what the secret is. Oh. That The Undertaker had a brother. Yes. And then from there, we get the additional reveal that The Undertaker's brother was Kane. And that Kane was alive, Undertaker! And now we're like... Months and months and months mm-hmm, in. Mm-hmm. This is soap opera shit. This yes. is like week to week developing storylines. Yep. And Undertaker is showing more dramatic range than he's ever shown in terms of... He's cutting these promos about where he's like, my brother was, was a pure soul and mm-hmm. I had to protect him. And like, but he had a darkness in him. And like Undertaker's really kind of stretching yeah. his, his range here. And then by the time we get to the actual debut of Kane, mm-hmm. we have been on this ride for the better part of a year. And the debut of Kane isn't even in a match. Well, it isn't a match, but it's not a match with Kane in it. It's a surprise debut, and it takes place in Hell in a Cell, which is another first-time-ever match. Yeah. Uh, the, the first-time-ever singles match between Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, right? Or had they done the Royal Rumble match first? The casket match. Where he breaks his back? Yeah. That's after. That's after. So this might be the first meeting between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker in a singles match. That could be correct. I'm not sure exactly, but it's it, definitely it, the first Hell in a Cell match ever. It definitely is the first Hell in a Cell, and match. it might be the first meeting between two of the biggest stars they've ever had. Yeah. So it's already huge, mm-hmm. and upstaging that is Kane. Yeah. The lights, the timing. Kane comes down the to music. the ring. The music, the fucking organ. Such a great <laughs> fucking iconic. 
He walks down to the ring, rips the door off its hinges, mm-hmm. steps over the top rope, stands face to face with the Undertaker. He's and taller than the Undertaker. He's taller than the Undertaker. He plants the Undertaker with his own fucking move. He tombstones the Undertaker and then walks out. Can I tell you something? Yeah. At this moment, yeah. Shawn Michaels crawls over. Yes. And he, he pins the... Lays pins. like one hand across Undertaker's chest. Do you chest. know... I'm single for a reason. Do you know how many times I've recreated that spot with my pillow on my bed? Because <laughs> I couldn't go to bed. And I do it... I, I mean, I, I probably am not doing it that well. But it feels like I'm doing exactly the way that Sean does. And then the, I won the two, the three. I'm bloody. I'm not bloody. Earl Hebner's there. China and Hunter come out. Or is it Tim White? No, Tim White was in the, the... I think it's Earl. I think it's Earl, too. Tim White, I think, is in the Mankind one. That feels right. He's dead, right? Tim White? Yeah. No. He's he, a bigger dude, isn't he? Tim White did the did the gimmick where he was trying to commit suicide. But now he's dead. He's he actually dead. dead. We're going to cut this out. Because no, we don't know if Tim White is dead. We can find out. Um, but no, um, what, a, what a fucking debut. And I... I gotta stop cursing. I don't... I don't like... Vince McMahon on commentary, usually. Yes. But that's gotta be Kane! He sold it. That's the best he's ever been on commentary. Not even fucking close. I can't think of any... I mean, besides What a Maneuver, but he does it all the time. But What a Maneuver was just... That was when he didn't know what to call a move. Like, that's gotta be Kane! Come on. Uh, Punk uh, just used a white maneuver on, on Dynamite. What am I doing? He also did it to Vince's face that one time. Yeah. He's such a good guy. Just a tremendous debut. Everything about it. The, I mean, it was a first time ever match. Match type. Maybe first time ever match between those two guys. If not, first, they hadn't wrestled much at all. Gigantic stars in their own right at the time as well. So, it... it and it sets up a Mania program, right? Like, that's... Yeah. You know, only... Uh, let's say several months before that next year's mania, and but yeah, Kane Kane comes in with the music, the outfit, the look, hellfire and brimstone. He's not a manager; he can't fucking talk apparently. And you know he gets his own match type, right? Yeah. Like he gets the Inferno match, which you know whatever. But uh, it was it was memorable, and and uh, you know Kane clearly not as uh, legendary as the Undertaker, and and. Well used, you could say, but I mean, I know non fans or lapsed fans who still like they they pop for Kane, and that's that's a testament to not just the debut, but like debut was a big part of it. Like, do you remember a couple years ago when that guy complaining about like WWE, Mm -hmm. like 2K18 was Max? Like, they don't even have 1998 Kane in it, and it went viral that like this guy is complaining that this fucking characters in the game especially because you can create any character sure. you want yeah. but i mean to be fair that is the version of kane to me i i have a soft spot for 2002 kane i have as a well. really soft spot for 2002 kane but like no mass kane or third version mass kane like uh the one that he's using now for the reunion shows i'm, I'm not i'm not no. not here for it but like those early versions of kane mm-hmm. still to this day all-time looks all-time big man energy. Kane with the 2002 look, and he's got the weird, like, see-through yep. flame. Yep, 
Brother. That is some good gear. Brother, that's good gear and like Dan Kane. Dan Kane. Dan Kane. Dan Kane. Glenn. <laughs> you got me all hot and bothered. <laughs> but no, Kane had a great debut. His brother's debut. Yeah. Um I don't think as good in any real way, but like it's memorable. He got introduced by Ted DiBiase at the Survivor Series, right? It was Ted and Brother Love, right? Because that's yeah he ends up being with Brother Love at least. But maybe I think it is uh, it's Ted. Yeah, and he has like he eliminates a couple guys and then gets counted out, as a zombie does. Yeah, so interesting that Kane had a much bigger debut, yes. but ultimately had a much lower ceiling. There you go. Than Undertaker. I think there's some parallel. We've done this twice already, kind of. Kane is the first feud for a Bray Wyatt. 16 years later, where Bray Wyatt has the uh, the Inferno match with Kane at SummerSlam, his debut, which it's different now because there's NXT, and and if you're aware of, of Bray Wyatt in NXT, like, you knew the gimmick already, so it's not exactly introducing a new character. But Bray Wyatt was Husky Harris, what, a year and a half, two years before? Yep. Um, so they are vignettes. I thought those vignettes were really cool. I'm not even the biggest Bray Wyatt fan, but he, he debuts on, like, a Raw. They had... Did he have a, a countdown, too? I don't think he had a countdown. Could be wrong. He had some sort of, like, he's here this week. So maybe it wasn't, like, a countdown countdown, but he shows up. I thought that debut was okay. I thought they all looked really cool, but the, 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 the target, mm-hmm. which was Kane, wasn't one I really cared for. And the audience um, kind of poo-pooed it with the Husky Harris chant. So, like, when we're talking about great debuts, I think we, you know, the audience plays a big part. Let me take what you're saying, yes. and I'll raise you a, a, an even more similar parallel yes. to Kane, yep. and one that's an even more spectacular failure, Lord Tensai. Uh, yeah, 2012, right? 2012. 2012, and he had been in WWE as... Prince Albert, 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 Right, and A-Train, who was uh, used well for... I mean, he was... Yeah, I mean, he's fine. He was a, a solid mid-card act, was mm-hmm. a champion, tag team champion. He might have been European champion. He was IC champion, wasn't he? I remember a photo with him with a belt. I think it's European, but I really don't... I, I want to say he, he might have been the guy to beat Kane... Because Kane beat Triple H in 2001. He might, A-Train might have been the guy to beat Kane. Okay. But yeah, so he was used well. A la AJ Styles, he bets on himself and goes to Japan. Mm-hmm. He becomes uh, Giant Bernard. And, Great name. Yeah. Great name. And really kind of redefines himself. Mm-hmm. Becomes a top heel in Japan. Yep. Completely changes his look as much as a guy like that can change his look. Insofar as he shaves all of his body hair off. Yep. He's got the full body tattoos now. Mm-hmm. He comes back and they come up with this great new character, similar to Kane, completely covered. He's got the mm-hmm. he's gonna be a new character. We're not gonna acknowledge that he used to be this other character mm-hmm. and used to spend time here. Yes. And you actually have seen this guy wrestle a lot. Yep. And he shows up and immediately gets Prince Albert chance. Yep. And is dead in the water. Yep. They, but in this case, for whatever reason, they don't sense that the debut is dead in the water. And he gets to pin John Cena. 
He beat Cena and Punk as his like first two matches. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> you know me, I'm with the biggest uh, Punk mark there is. I don't think Punk ever beats him. Like, he <laughs> never gets his win back. And Did Cena ever get his win back? I don't think so. <laughs> well, of the two, Cena would get it because it's Cena. But, man, it wasn't just... Okay. He comes back. They acknowledge that this guy is like was wrestling in Japan. I remember that they, being part of the, uh, the, I, myth, the mythos. They may say that... He's returning from Japan, like yes. implying that he's been here before. Yes, yes, they yes. certainly don't say this that is... this is former mid-carder Prince Albert. But that dude, like, as much as you could change your appearance, yep. completely shaved off his entire yep. carpet of body hair and gets full body tattoos, about as much as you could change without getting, like, facial reconstructive surgery. Yep. He's not wrestling in, like, cargo pants, like pleather cargo pants, no. which was his gimmick as A-Train. He's in bright red tights. He comes into the ring in like Japanese regalia. He yeah. has this whole spooky mask. He had a he had a plus one. What is this guy? Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Yeah. Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Fucking Moto. So and then he comes out and takes the mask off and is just like, oh, it's Albert. And he also had like this weird facial hair that seemed kind of racist, <laughs> right? He had like a little Fu Manchu. Yeah, that's a little racist, <laughs> and he's not even Asian. Yeah, he's not Asian. At um, all. Um, yeah, so it, that one just went over like a, just like a bathtub turd. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, there it is. And in this case, for some reason, they don't realize. They didn't realize when Jericho or AJ Styles really nailed it yeah. and they exceeded expectations. And in this case... They were not prepared for this to not go over with because he he beat Cena and Punk, yeah. and it takes him a couple months before he's Sweet T Tensai teaming with Brodus Clay in like a goofy comedy tag. Brodus Clay also has his own debut story because he was on the <laughs> season of NXT as Del Rio's guy. Del Rio's guy, yeah, and like actually follows him to the main roster. He like is, is I don't know if he injures Edge. But he's in that angle yes. where Edge is like, yeah, they eventually he has to retire. They take him off TV. They have him with these like vignettes of like him being like a tough guy and like scary and everything. Yeah. And his in his first return, they 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 dupe you. Yeah, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna go on record as saying this one's a good one. This one's a successful reintroduction of a character. Brodus Clay was not over. Brodus Clay has never been more over than as the Funkasaurus. You can't disagree with me. I don't know how it works, because one, I don't remember if he was over at all. Funkasaurus was pretty over. The song was over. Okay, but the act was over. Whether or not the song was doing most of the heavy lifting. Sure, I guess. But I mean, I was if you're going to pay the guy to be on your show, that's the best thing he could be doing. He, uh... I mean, he's got his own weirdness now. Right, he's an NWA champion? No. He's a champion in NWA, dude. He's not NWA champion. No, but he's a champion in that promotion. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Um, but I, I disagree. I would have done at least the serious push. Um, but no, they went the comedic route, and that song was really good. That's a great song. Um, um, 
which is also a recycled song. It was originally for Ernest the Cat Miller, there you go. one of the greats. There you go. But yeah, I think I'm going to go on record as saying it's not an all-time debut for sure, but I think they got way more mileage out of that guy. Yeah. They sold however much more merch they were going to sell yeah. by selling Funkasaurus merch than yeah. they were going to sell like scowling bodyguard type Brodus Claimberg. That's Nobody's going to buy mean, that's that a, shit. That's a archetype of a character they always do so it probably wouldn't have gotten over but and if nothing else it got us Naomi it did bring bring us the glow and and Cameron uh, but the Funkadactyls became a a bigger part in much in the sure. way that uh, that Enzo and Cass ultimately gave us Carmella who became a much larger part of that's WWE true. TV for much longer that's true so well Dolph Ziggler brought us Big E Dolph Ziggler did bring us Big E. And, well, I guess that technically is AJ and Dolph. But yeah, Big yeah. E was, uh, now he's a WWE champ. WWE, I'm Kurt Angle. Yep. WWE. Kurt Angle! Kurt debut! Taz! Great debut. So, wait, let's talk about Kurt Angle's debut. We have a, debut. We're probably have to do two, we have to do two-parter for this. There's too many debuts we haven't gotten to. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I, I kind of like this rhythm that we're going where we're just kind of, uh, I like that we're flowing. staying in pretty much the same promotion. If we, if we try to like shortchange WWE mm-hmm. with AEW or WCW, it's like it doesn't really. Mm. There's a connective tissue there, but I would rather just like maybe this is WWE. Yeah, WWE we're going. WWE we're debut, we're so. going with the flow. Yeah. We're going with the flow. Kirk Angel. Kirk Angel, a great debut. Yes, because he they play with the idea that it's a bad debut. Yes, right. They play with the idea because he's. This is a character who, uh, they might have been doing some light vignettes. I remember the vignettes. But they certainly weren't tipping their hand. Because the plan was always, Kurt Angle's going to be an obnoxious heel. Right? Was that the plan? My my recall, and I've seen plenty of Kurt Angle documentaries and podcasts that he's done, where I think they genuinely wanted, maybe initially, for him to be a babyface, but that wasn't going to work. And they went with it, and they made him a heel. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. Well, I, I don't remember the vignettes, okay. but I don't think the vignettes were of a heel Kurt Angle. I, I don't even know if he was in the vignettes, or if it was just like Olympic champion Kurt Angle will debut. Mm. Like, I don't think he got the kind of Razor Ramon style. Like, we might have to do an episode about pre-debut vignettes also, mm-hmm. because there's a whole art to those. Sure. And that's kind of a lost art now, I think. I love the pre-debut vignette. I mean, Alistair, when he re-debuted on SmackDown, was having these uh, vignettes. But yeah. yeah. But Remember uh, Johnny Curtis with the cheese? Fandango? Uh, with the cheese? Wasn't that Connor? No. Was the, he was the when rat. He was like guy. a mouse, yeah, a rat. No, Johnny Curtis is, uh, he, would, he would be given like backstage segments and it would be like really bad jokes. Uh-huh. And one of his jokes was like he cut he cut the cheese. <laughs> this is on. Um, I remember when he was like, "I'm not gonna cry over spilled milk," and then he just poured milk. Very out. literal, <laughs> very, very literal man. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but yeah, so a- angle. Yes, they certainly don't. You, the 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 vignettes don't give you any idea of what the Kurt Angle character is going to be, mm-hmm. which is this incredibly smarmy, cocky, mm-hmm. overblown, very funny yep. heel. And 
he's out there wrestling Sean Stasiak, a.k.a. Meat. Meat. And it's just a nothing match. Like, this character has no heat. Mm -hmm. People are not excited for this debut because he's not from another wrestling promotion. Mm-hmm. He is from the world of amateur wrestling. He's an Olympic champion, but his Olympic win was three years prior. There's not much crossover between the viewership of amateur wrestling mm-hmm. and professional wrestling. Yeah. So he's not bringing a lot of heat no. into this. No. So he doesn't have the grassroots support of an AJ Styles or a Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. He has the ability, though we don't know that. They haven't been really promoting the hell out of it. Yeah. They especially haven't been promoting the strength of Kurt Angle, which especially in the beginning was his character work. After a couple of years, we would find out that his in-ring work was also insane. Yeah. He was always good, but it became like very shocking how good he was. Yeah. But we kind of don't know what we're going to get with Angle. We don't know what to expect. We don't know to expect anything. Mm-hmm. He comes out, the theme music is, you know, we would grow to love the You Suck song. Yes. But it's just recycled from The Patriot, who was a, like, failed, patriotic, unironic, patriotic Mm babyface against Bret Hart in 1997. Just like a weird wrestling Captain America. Yeah. So, they give him that guy's song, they throw him out ice cold in a match against... Sean Stasiak, who no one could possibly care about. I did, but that's You're, my own shit. So, my second generation superstar. My own Sean Stasiak. So, it's just nothing. It's a nothing debut. Mm-hmm. Kurt Angle rolls out of the ring, grabs a microphone, and says, Excuse me, I've noticed some of you out there booing. You do not boo an Olympic gold medalist. And immediately, everyone's just like, Boo! And Kurt Angle immediately finds his groove. Now, I don't know whether or not, like you said, Kurt Angle says that that wasn't the plan. The plan was for him to be a baby. It's my memory of him saying that, yeah. But Kurt Angle's a worker. Um, I don't know how true that is. Mm -hmm. I kind of suspect that Kurt Angle was supposed to do that, was supposed to roll out and, and... and, and grab that. Okay. But either way, it's a brilliant subversion of the fact that we're doing a bad debut mm-hmm. and Kurt Angle's going to turn that on its head by being like, oh, you thought this guy was a boring technical wrestler? Well, actually, no, he's a comedic genius and he's going to shame you for not liking his boring technical yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And Kurt Angle is off to the races. He's world champion within a year. Yeah. Pinning the rock. So, Kurt Angle, absolutely a great debut. Taz had a great debut. Taz had a great debut as well. And against Kurt Angle. Against Kurt Angle. And it, Angle had been undefeated. Yeah. And. It was in New York, I think, right? Yep. MSG? Was that where it was? I believe so. Um, great debut for Taz. Not a great follow-up. Because uh, he ends up losing to Triple H. Not long after on an early Smackdown yeah and then he's just mm-hmm. hardcore division guy I guess and yeah, well, 
uh, Taz was in bad shape physically. He didn't have much longer to wrestle. Well, yeah, I mean, like you give birth to Hook, it's it's hard. <laughs> he gave all of his life energy to Hook. One, Taz we, dies so that Hook may live. We one at one point we need just a Hook episode. The Hook debut. Dude, he's gonna be over, man. He's already over. Yeah. When, His debut. Yeah, when CM Punk said, Give me Hook! That was a big pop. Brother, you know, I lost it. <laughs> there's a, there's that uh, picture from... It was Rampage a week ago at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. Flips, he flips Hook off. <laughs> Someone's got the photo. It's a great photo. We love Hook in this yep. house. Uh, but, I mean, we, we have some time here. I think... We're not going to get to everything. No. Well, I, I do want to say, as long as we're following A to B to A to B to A to sure. B. You good there? Yeah. As long as we're following A to B to C and so on. The Taz versus Triple H match, mm-hmm. which Taz loses and kind of kills the, the momentum, mm-hmm. also involves the Radicals. Yes, it does. Let's talk about the Radicals debut. So, I love the Radicals debut purely for the image of them in the front row. Yes. Because that image has been used so much in the last, like, three months. That has become... Well, yes, because of the fact that the last time we had an exodus of this quantity of stars was that long ago. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting to me, the Radicals' debut, because it eventually becomes the template for the NXT pre-debut. Like, at TakeOver, they'll show somebody at yes, ringside. Yes, you're right. Gotcha. And it'll be like, ooh, so-and-so is here? Yeah. And, like, a couple weeks later, we get the announcement that this person has signed with NXT. Yeah. So, the Radicals, which is just these four people that we know are watching the show from the audience, mm-hmm. that later becomes the template for the way that WWE audiences would be introduced to many major characters, uh, off the top of my head, Asuka. Asuka, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre's return. EC3. EC3. I want to say Ricochet was once uh, in the crowd as a... Uh, they call him Trevor Man. I mean, that's his name, but... Yeah. Uh, Trevor Ricochet Man. Okay. Um, no, for sure. It was... Uh, Particularly in NXT. Main yes. roster... It was an, no, it was an, yeah. and it's, it's an NXT-specific thing. It's the TakeOver pre-debut. Mm-hmm. I remember Asuka being at TakeOver Brooklyn, the first one. As, as Kana. As Kana, right. Yeah. In the audience next to Sergeant Slaughter. And I'm just like, Sergeant Slaughter's just like, Smiling, thumbs up, mm-hmm. and Asuka just looks so fucking bored. You know? I don't want to hang out with Sergeant Slaughter all day. What does one talk to the Sarge about? Stealing Valor? What about Virtue? Because, you know, I know nothing, <laughs> I know nothing about Virtue. Um, well, are you a fake Marine? I'm not, I'm not John Cena or Randy Orton or The Miz or... Put it, put it this way. Teddy you, Jesse. You are exactly as much a Marine as Sergeant Slaughter... Uh, and I'm not a racist. <laughs> Storyline. Storyline. Storyline racist? Wasn't he? I knew he was an Iraqi sympathizer as a storyline. He was an Iraqi sympathizer, yes. Um, you probably know better than me. Remember better than me. Like, it's a significant debut for what it meant. But it's not like they killed it. 
And these are not, like, all, all due respect to Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko. They didn't become stars in WWF. Right? No. I, Serious stars. No, Dean Malenko was very similar to Taz in that his body was in relatively bad shape. So Dean Malenko was done by, like, 2001. Okay. Right? So he was only there and wrestling for, like, a year. Perry Saturn lasted another year longer than that, but his body was also in bad shape. Yeah. Benoit and Eddie obviously lasted longest and reached the biggest heights mm. in that group. But at the Radicals are an interesting version of kind of the Jericho debut because they were in a very similar position very to Jericho. Similar, yeah. Uh, none of them had as big... Well, Eddie... Benoit was a champion before he left, right? Yes, Benoit... Yeah, yeah Benoit had been... WCW champion, like, a week before that. Yes. Now, I was going to say none of them had the personality of Jericho. Eddie would, but not until later. Yes. Uh, we we would see, like, bits and pieces of Eddie's, uh, like, huge personality before that. But at the time he debuted, I don't think any of them were as big a person. You wouldn't trust any of them to carry a promo the way Jericho did. So, I think the Radicals' debut was, in a way... WWF at the time just showing we've got four more Chris Jericho's in the chamber. You know what I mean? Like we could do this as many times as we need to. Sure. They're just they're lining up for us to fire these guys out of a cannon at you. Visually, I think that's what they're saying, and I yeah. think also because they don't do anything at least at first. Well, the perception, right? I mean that it's similar to what is happening with AEW hiring. NXT and WWE guys, which is, there's a perception issue now, which is guys in the other company, guys in, now the roles are reversed, right? WWE is now WCW in a right. lot of ways of talent is uh, either being misused or un is unhappy. Probably a combination of both. Management is a mess, endemically. Yes, and they, things like Adam Cole's contract ends in July instead of December. Right. Which they don't know until like a couple of days before. And so the the Radicals debut, as you say, like, you know, there's four, we have four of these in the chamber. I mean, this entire summer of, of AEW specifically has been, you know, we'll go, I mean, we'll talk about this probably more in a specific episode for them. Malachi Black. Then Andrade, which is normally great to view. And I think we all thought, okay, that's it. Those are two pretty big stars to yeah. get in, in short notice. And then it's, it's like the, they, hey, Punk might be coming in. They turned out to be the Perry Saturn and Dean Malenko in this equation. I mean, Malachi's doing pretty well. But yes. fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, you go back to, what, two, what year is this? 2000? 2001? 2000. For the Radicals. Um, it's, it's, it's a perception issue. People are leaving that company because they're uh, the the sink the sink is shipping the ship wow the ship is sinking, and the radicals are an important debut mm -hmm. because they are not guys that don't have a, notwithstanding the fact that Dimalenko's body gave out mm -hmm. right these are not guys who were done these were guys who were active who were on the upswing like yeah. their momentum was not what it should have been given their talent. They sure. were being misused. 
But these were certainly not guys who were doing nothing. These were featured guys. Yeah. They were on TV. They were being constantly featured. And they, it was clear that they had potential. It's not like this was for Prince Iakea showing up. You really don't like Prince Iakea, do you? Dude, Prince Iakea is so nothing. Absolutely nothing character. I was a fan. Really? I was into Lash LaRue. Lash LaRue. That guy never got a shot. No, Lash Lash LaRue. We should do an episode at some point about our favorite guys who went nowhere. Yo, can I tell you something? Yeah. I'm going to tell you anyways. About 15 minutes ago, I thought we should do an episode where we talk about guys we thought were going to be huge. Uh Uh-huh. Not the same as the next big thing, but like guys we thought, man, how do you... This guy's fucking awesome. Uh-huh. And then they turned out to be nothing. Uh-huh. Lash LaRue one of those guys, man. Lash LaRue. For, you know who it was for me? Who me. I saw in WWE, and I yeah. was like, oh, this guy's going to make it all the way. And it, again, we're not talking about somebody like Bobby Lashley, who sure. debuts, and I'm like, okay, obviously. Yeah. But somebody who debuts, and I'm like, oh, this guy fucking yeah. rules. Carlito. I thought... That's funny. I thought when Carlito debuted in 2004, I'm like, future champ. Uh-huh. Future fucking champ. I saw I saw Razor Ramon money written all over that guy. I've told you this before. My guy, who I thought was going to be the biggest star, not really, but like a gigantic star. <laughs> the Murder Hawk Monster, but on ECW. Vance Archer. Because he, he had cut his hair uh-huh. from the TNA haircut. He was tall. He was lean. He had a stupid tattoo. I'm like, this is this is the guy. And he did the, the, the Kevin Nash top rope. Yep. You know? That's money. And I thought, man, like, once once Vince gets a, a hold of him, and then nothing happened. And then he, uh, you know. Well, was there was there something where, like, he had to, he was, like, rented a car with Shawn Michaels and, like, sat in the front and was supposed to sit in the back or something? <laughs> I didn't know this And story. that tanked his career? Like, I don't remember that. Anyway. But, uh, no, we got to do an episode yeah. of, like, guys we thought were going to be bigger deals. But... Um, going back to the radicals and, and you know sort of but they, summarizing all this they were shown to be a big deal yes and I guess we should start we should start wrapping up we've already decided it's going to be a two parter yes it has okay. to be it has to be but uh, we can use this as the bridge we can use this as the bridge I have a good bridge here okay go for yours yeah it's Christian So Christian is the first guy to have, through no fault of his own, an underwhelming debut Mm -hmm. in WWE and AEW. I think in both cases, he's recovered from it. He did well. Sure. But Christian is a guy, just for comparison's sake, when Christian comes back to WWE in 2007? No, no, sorry, 2009? 2009. When Christian comes back to WWE in 2009, mm-hmm. he had been gone since 2006. Yes. He went, to, he went to TNA. When TNA was at its hottest, was their world champion twice. Sure. Worked with Sting, worked with AJ Styles, worked with Kurt Angle. Say, say his name. Big Sexy? Tyson Tomko. <laughs> he brought Tomko with him. The Christian Coalition brother. Uh, Scott Steiner. The uncle of Ron Breaker. <laughs> we have to do a 2.0 episode at some point, right? Yes. I mean, Ron Breaker. So, Christian is a well-established yes. WWE act. Yes. 
Yeah. Along with Edge is in one of the biggest, most popular tag teams they've ever had. Still my favorite tag team of all time. Love Edge and Christian. Was mm-hmm. always an Edge and Christian guy. Um, you know, people talk about were you a Sean or a Brett guy. Mm-hmm. I always think the real question is were you a Hardy's guy or an Edge, or Christian, an Edge and Christian guy. I was an Edge and Christian guy. I thought Edge and Christian were more entertaining. So that's why we're friends. Are we friends? Yeah, I think we've established I mean, a certain you've amount. Never, you've never watched Plex with me. You've never watched Spider Man with me. <laughs> I don't know what Plex is. Motherfucker, it's a streaming like app thing. I'll explain it off the air. Okay, so everyone knows who Christian is. Yes. The WWE audience has always liked Christian. Mm-hmm. Christian had, I would say, it's fair to compare the grassroots support that Chris Jericho had in 99 to the grassroots support that Christian had in 2006 when he left. Yes. Because Christian was ready to... Ascend. To ascend, to be a featured guy. I know you never got it, but you got to admit he was hot in yeah, 2006. Hot. I, I'm not a fan, really, but yeah, he was hot. He was, uh, he was very hot. He was, like, absolutely could have feuded... More extensively with Cena. My guy, was he was he Glenn in two thousand two hot though? Nobody's that hot. No one's that hot, Glenn. <laughs> Glenn. 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 Uh, no, Christian. To your point, was like, to your point was, a very, you know, well remembered star from not a that long of a era. It was only a few what four four five yeah. years. So he essentially was like. Excuse me, I'm an iron. I'm very hot. Please strike me. Yep. And they're like, no, thank you. So he goes to TNA. He's like, I'm an iron. I'm red hot. Please yep. strike me. And they're like, absolutely. And he does really well. Yes. He does really well in the position. He excels. And he shows that, hey, he can be used as a top guy for a brand. Yeah. Okay. And he winds up doing that in ECW. He's probably the best WWE ECW champion they ever had. He was a defending champion, like a fighting champion, yeah. kind of a Bret Hart mold. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be their longest reigning champion, too. That feels right. And, like, was really doing good work. However, the debut that he gets when he returns, and it's funny because the goodwill is there, mm-hmm. the pop is there. Sure. Christian shows up, they use a version of his theme song. It's a, it's a, a redone emo music I prefer the original version like the 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 bleach blonde waterproof blonde yeah it's bootleg evanescence but it's by the way I uh, clearly am out of myself bleach blonde (laughs) bleach blonde I love blonde blonde you do yeah so waterproof blonde it's a it's a an evanescence ripoff sure and they do a version of it they don't do any kind of countdown like it's just it's a surprise debut. It's a guy with goodwill. It's mm-hmm. a guy who's probably... I mean, absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? People are sure. excited to see Christian. He's... I don't know if he has more fans because of what he did in TNA. But I would say Christian in 2009 is a similar... A similar level of star to Chris Jericho in 99. I think wrestling is still less hot, so... But but Christian was hot when wrestling was hot. Sure. Christian has, has that Attitude Era stink on him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he shows up, the music hits, and he comes out to confront Jack Swagger, first of all, yeah. who is nothing. And That's another guy I thought was going to be something. I thought, too. I thought so, too. I thought he had a lot of that same Kurt Angle. I, we all thought he was Kurt Angle 2.0. 
Same thing about Chad Gable, huh? Chad Gable probably could be if they gave Once a shit. Once Chad leaves, I think he'll do okay. If Chad Gable goes to AEW and becomes like the best wrestler who ever lived, I would not be surprised. Yes. I would not be shocked if that happened. I would I mean, not be shocked. I'm, if, I'm expecting it to kind of happen. I, if if Chad Gable shows up in AEW and just like fucking out wrestles Brian Danielson and CM Punk and Adam Cole and all these other guys, I would not be I would not be surprised at all. Yeah. And I would not be surprised if like letting his real personality through. Dude, when Otis leaves, because you know he's not going to be there forever. When Otis leaves and decides to continue to wrestle, send that man. To all the indies, all the top indies, some of the PWG, he can, he works pretty okay. Otis works great. Yeah, so what are we doing here? Let the man show his personality. Just let Otis, Otis be his own, like, Otis being his own weird fucking self versus Big E being his own weird fucking self is a dream match. That probably happened on some throwaway Smackdown and nobody gave a shit. It's probably went two minutes. But that should be a huge deal. Yep. Big meaty men slapping meat. I knew we were going to say that at some point. So Christian comes out, confronts Jack Swagger. Yes. Uh, and is it Todd Grisham? It's my man, Todd. And the Not call- Todd Grisley, guys. <laughs> Todd Grisham. The call is, it's Christian. Woof. Woof. I remember, <laughs> I remember watching it live <laughs> and thinking, again... Hey, he's Chris- I'm not even a Christian fan, really. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And there were some rumors he was coming back, and maybe he was going to be placed in the Matt Hardy feud, or Jeff Hardy, whatever it was. And I'm like, oh, shit, guys, it's Christian. And then, literally, that's what I heard. It's Christian. And that was it. And I was like, what the hell? Why? It's Christian. And that, like, just to contrast the AJ Styles bit yep. of... Can it be? Yeah. Can it be? Yeah. And just to compare, oh, it's Christian. Dude, can we talk? This is gonna be the bridge, right? Christian's the bridge. Because Christian has had so many, and I can think of three. That's one of them. The other's the AEWW. And now I'm thinking about the, when he goes back to Impact for the weird um, Hall, of Fame, Hall thing? of Fame thing. He's been struck with bad luck when it comes to, like, I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. I don't want to be here. Maybe I want to be here. I don't know what's going on. Uh, poor Jay. Poor Jay. But uh, yeah, Christian. Poor Christian. As we wrap up here, obviously we're gonna do a two-parter. Uh, I, as we were talking, I'm thinking to myself, outside of the NWO, what great WCW debuts are they? Are there? Sorry. It's hard. It's hard. And because I'm thinking about, like, WCW had the same problem that TNA had, which is, like, any random WWF talent who left just ends up on WCW with a slightly different name change. Yeah. And then that's it, and they don't resonate, right? So I'm going to be very curious, like, besides the NWO, uh, I guess Warrior had a had a debut. Oof. Whoa. Right? The Sting re-debut as a crow was, was yeah. you know. But yeah, I mean, that's for another episode, but I'm... I, I, I'll offer you Goldberg. Sure. I'll sure. offer you Goldberg. Um, and because, I guess we'll end with Goldberg, because there's no there's no other really WCW debuts to talk, to speak about, really. I mean, notable ones. I'm trying to think. How did Savage debut? 
Uh, they promoted it. Just okay. like, oh, we signed Macho Man Randy Savage. He'll be on WCW Saturday night next week. Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, a similar thing with Hogan. Just like yeah. predating Nitro. Just like, oh, we signed Hulk Hogan. Mm-hmm. And he'll be on WCW Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to say Goldberg. And Goldberg is an interesting counterpoint to... An interesting counterpoint to Kurt Angle's debut. Because they played with expectations. So... Nitro used to have weird squashes. Yeah. Because it sometimes it was a three hour show. Yeah. And they had such a deep roster. Mm-hmm. WCW was interesting the way Sunday when we do our WCW episode, we'll talk about how they were different than WWE. And one of them was that WWE doesn't throw out random people for matches. WWE will have a huge roster, mm-hmm. but they'll still only use ten people on Raw. Yes. WCW will have a huge roster and they will have dozens of people on the show. They will have every member of the NWO at ringside. They will have like weird 10-man Lucha Libre tag team matches to open the show. AEW. It's similar to AEW, but generally speaking, the some of the... I'll put it this way. Nitro would use dark talents on Nitro. Yes. And they weren't afraid of squashes in the way that AEW doesn't like to do squashes. Mm-hmm. Nitro would just have like Scott Norton versus Lismark Jr. in prime time on uh-huh. TNT uh-huh. and it's going to go three minutes. Yeah. So like, I actually honestly love that mm-hmm. about old WCW because it felt like kind of, you know, when you'd play like universe mode in the WWE yeah. video game mm-hmm. and it'll just give you like, oh, this... I guess we're doing a, a a Glacier versus Finley singles match? Well, like, you know, that's I love watching old WCW episodes, specifically for, like, the random... And I think Punk talked about this recently, about, like, just, like, a random name generator, a match generator of, like, Scott Norton against, uh, you know, Ray Horse. Yeah. No, well, not, obviously not about Ray Horse, the current wrestler. La Parka. La Parka, yeah. Or you would get something like... NWO Vincent versus Marty Jannetty. Like, no one would ever want to yeah. see this match, but we're doing it. We're, well, we're putting it on primetime. And, like, they're, they're, you know, AEW's doing it now, and I, we, we cut this out, but I love it. Yeah. Give me weird Darby and, and Sting versus, like... 2.0. 2.0 or fucking... I don't know. Give me some random... Chaos Anthony, Theory. Anthony Green. Chaos and, Theory, and, right? Or yeah. Chaos Project. No one knows their name. Yeah. But, that, like, that's exactly a WCW yeah. thing. Like, WCW would give you, like, sometimes it would be like, hey, here's Greg Valentine. Here's a 50-year-old Greg Valentine, uh-huh. and he's going to wrestle Ernest Miller. Right. So, or here's, like, The Gambler. Yeah. And here's The Gambler, and he's going to wrestle Scott Putsky. So, like, WCW would do this. And it would just be like a random match. They throw it on to, to fill time. And yeah. I love that because it's weird shit. And you would see weird guys that you would, like that you wouldn't always see otherwise. And WCW threw one together. And it was Hugh Morris, who was a throwaway mid-card guy, yep. versus Bill Goldberg, who you would assume is just some fucking... And they, they always had these, like... Big muscle guys straight from the WCW power plant, which was their old performance center type yeah. thing, who would just go on Nitro or Saturday Night or Thunder or whatever and lose to a guy and you'd never see them again. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, like Edge, like showed up as Damon Stryker and lost to Meng, and we never yeah. saw him again, right? So here's Bill Goldberg. We don't know who Bill Goldberg is. He doesn't even get an entrance. Hugh Morris gets an entrance. Hugh Morris w- would be similar to Prince Albert. We were talking about like yeah. a, a a featured mid card guy had yeah. been, uh, you know, well sure. well featured. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to say like well thought of or something, but like yeah. People knew who Hugh Morris was. He'd been in the Dungeon of Doom. He'd been in tag teams, whatever. We know Hugh Morris. He's getting... They're playing with the tropes of wrestling. He's getting his own entrance with his own theme music. Mm -hmm. He's getting a close-up. He's getting pyro. And waiting for him in the ring is some generic dude we've never seen before in black tights. Kind of looks like Steve Austin. Kind of looks like... Steve Austin. Right. Right. And uh, he... The match starts, and Bill Goldberg fucking mauls this guy just fucking kicks the shit out of him mm-hmm. mercilessly and that is a great debut yeah. because in the same way that the Kurt Angle match played with the expectations mm-hmm. they're playing with your expectation that you're expecting to see a boring squash yeah. and you see a squash that is on paper boring because it's the same match you're seeing but with the complete opposite result yeah. so you see a not really established, well, he's established, but not a main event guy mm. by any means, getting taken to the, just absolutely taken to the fucking woodshed by this this goober you've never seen before. Yeah. That- and just sort of the fact that this guy forced the show to conform to him yeah. made him seem like a big deal. It seemed like he was overruling fate mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. That is one style of debut match, and as you were talking, I'm thinking of, you know, like, Brian Danielson in, on NXT against Jericho, where he doesn't win, but the, the point of the match is, like, this guy is someone who is, like, a great wrestler, right? And you right. should care about him. The, the Rocky, he's going the distance. Thing. Yeah. So, and I think about his match on, if you remember this, he wrestled Batista. Brian, Daniel Bryan wrestles Batista on, like, a Raw. And he's still, like, on NXT, I think. And he doesn't win, obviously. But it's, like, a match where, you know, like, it's, like, Camille and Layla Hirsch, where Bryan's, like, this small guy, and Batista's Batista. You know, 2010 Batista's huge. And it's, like, oh, clearly Bryan's gonna lose immediately. Because he's not even, even being pushed on NXT. But then he, like, has a pretty competitive match. With Batista, and he loses, and it's much different than the Goldberg, you know, playing with expectations, but it's still playing with expectations. Like, and I think when we talk about debuts, and, and, you know, with other companies, we'll get more into it. There's something, there's no right way to do a debut, but I think there are things that increase the chances, right? Yeah. The music, the crowd, the, like, you know, bringing Punk back in. New York might be really cool. It would work. You know where to bring back the guy. You right, know? right. Um, and something uh, I want to get this out because I think I think it's important. You we had talked about the theory about WWE audiences is that they don't really watch other companies, but other companies fans watch all companies, or at least much more open to it. And what I believe is that with the world being into everything. A WWE fan who's never seen a Kenny Omega match knows who Kenny Omega is. Because they've heard the name. Similar to AJ Styles where 
you don't may have never seen the guy. And I know friends like this who've never seen an AJ Styles match before he showed up in WWE, where they know the name and they probably have seen a GIF maybe, uh, but they don't know who AJ Styles really is. But there's that familiarity, and I think, you know, this will be interesting in a couple of years when AEW contracts are up and they get somebody. Because Vince is going to get somebody. And he might get Wardlow. He might get Wardlow. He might get a Brian Cage, you know. But these are not, these are still not guys who are at the level of a Chris Jericho 96, you know what I'm saying? Because of just how, how hot wrestling is. And so I think my point here really is a great debut includes some faith the audience knows who this person is and that you sign someone who's worth giving a shit about. And so Jericho worked. Angle worked. Taz worked. Uh, uh, Malachi Black really worked. Andrade had a bad debut, and we'll get to it next time, but, like, you have to sign people who will actually probably connect, because if you want the most bang for your buck, it's somebody who can go despite if their debut is executed well or not. Right. You can build somebody a really nice boat, but if they don't know how to row, yeah, like, they're just going to drift. Wait, Raymond Row from uh, War Raiders? Who are the War Raiders? Do you mean the Viking experience? I don't know what their name is. <laughs> um, not the bad debut. We never got to that one. Um, but yeah, so I think... I mean, those those people got killed by a Chiron. Dude, I remember watching it. I, I was talking to the girl I was talking to at the time. And I was like so depressed. <laughs> so miserable for these guys. Well, that's the Viking experience. It's depression. Are they on TV? I don't watch. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, but yeah, debuts. We, we, we've got a lot more to get to. Yeah, this was the debut of the debut episode. There you go. Um, anything else about this you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I mean, briefly, and I might cut this out, but uh, the the interest that you were talking about, like, it reminded me of, during WandaVision, how hype people were for Mephisto. Yeah. Nobody fucking knows who Mephisto is. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> nobody, but nobody, I, I mean, I've, I've read enough about him now. Yeah, that, like, but nobody has read a fucking comic no, book with Mephisto in not. it. I've never even read a comic book with Mephisto in it. And like, you like comic books? Yeah, like it's. I mean, there are like famous storylines with Mephisto in sure. them, but like, I might have read a story from like the Defenders in the seventies that had Mephisto in it, but like, in the same way that. In, in the same way that Thanos was built up into a big deal, like, unless you remembered Thanos from the Super Nintendo video game, uh, what was the name of the, the Super Nintendo Marvel Super Heroes game? Like, I War know, of the Gems or something? I know what you're talking about, I just don't know the name. It, but, it's not like, it, it's the same way, if we're comparing movies to, yeah. to, to wrestling, like, you had to build that up. Yep. But, in the same way, like, you, Mephisto hasn't been built up. But there's enough buzz about it. So yeah. even though these people are not necessarily comic book fans who are like intimately familiar mm-hmm. with this character, which is, it's just straight up Satan. It's comic book Satan. Yeah. Right? We haven't built him up in any of the movies or any of the TV shows, but there's enough buzz around him that it's self-generating. So in the same way that people who consume Marvel media 
are not intimately familiar with Mephisto, WWE fans who don't watch New Japan or TNA mm-hmm. know who AJ Styles is, and they're familiar yeah. enough with the concept to yeah. be excited yeah. that this character with Buzz is appearing. Yeah. I mean, that's what the hell NXT is, right? AJ Styles would be so mad if he found out we were comparing him to Satan. You know what? AJ Styles is a problematic individual. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I mean... We should probably at some point down the road, maybe in a year, do the Who's Going to WWE podcast from AEW because, I mean, right now it's one-way traffic. And so it'd be really curious in a year where both these companies are. Um, It's so funny. Even the people who left... I mean, who are the, like, the names that have left AEW? It's Kylie Ray, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc. And Leo Rush. Sadie Gibbs. Sadie Gibbs. And like... Shazam McKenzie. I mean, really no one who was... Uh, Leo Rush came back. <laughs> yeah. I don't even count Leo Rush as being in AEW before. I don't count that one match. He was a joker, right? Yeah. And I don't even know if he was signed. He was just there. Um, he got a, he got an elite tweet, didn't he? No, I don't think so. No. Um, I think he was actually there like via New Japan. Because he was doing New Japan Strong at, at the time. But, uh, yeah, like, and, you know, the, how will WWE treat debuts from AEW guys? Are, are they going to be on similar levels to, like, AJ? I don't know. Because Vince has that weird thing about non... If you're from WCW, yeah, you know, he's got to, like, beat the shit out of you. Like, before. LA Knight went to NXT, despite the fact that he's a former Impact champion. Yeah. Like... EC3. EC3, yeah, went to NXT. And it, so... You have to wonder if if AEW guys, when they jump, are going to be treated like developmental guys. I mean, we, I texted you about this. This will not be not stay in probably, but like they wanted the all of the elite in NXT. No, Hangman was gonna be the only one in NXT. All the other guys are gonna do an invasion angle. Oh, I'm gonna find the article for you. It's it's like pretty much confirmed. The Heyman was going to stay in NXT for whatever reason. I get it at the time. Uh, I mean, until, like, the the tag team angle with Kenny Omega, you and I were not sold on Hangman. I'm totally not sold on Hangman. We, how many times did we shit on Hangman in the beginning? I don't know if we shit on him, but we were just like, uh, this guy, we were, we, were not, no. we were not all in. There you go. Maybe we weren't all out, but we certainly weren't all in. No, yeah, so, but the Elite, and the, you know what's so funny, and this is going to get totally cut out, I have dreams, and I don't know if this is real. I'm sure it did not happen, but I have a memory, again, just probably a dream, where the Elite actually showed up in WWE for one night. I know this didn't happen. I know. <laughs> but my dream, it felt like it actually happened. So, dude, are, you thinking, I, are you thinking of James Storm? No. I'm, that did I'm, happen. That did happen. I'm talking about this fake memory I have of the Elite actually showing up in WWE for a one night only event. It's weird. They killed Randy Orton with a knife. Dude, I have another dream where Punk showed back up for one night. I know it never happened. It's never on the Wikipedia page. I know it didn't happen. <laughs> but, anyways, the Elite was supposed to be on, my understanding was supposed to be on main roster TV. And, like, that's a very interesting prospect. Would they have been, how over would they have been on? with the audience and how they've been used. 
Were they going to be SummerSlam Nexus? Yes. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I mean, probably. Short, short answer, yes. But you would hope you pay these guys so much money that they wouldn't, but this is, uh, they beat Brock Lesnar's first match. <laughs> that was a great debut. Brock Lesnar, yeah. In 2012, yeah. And also 2002. Yeah, against Spike Dudley. So The 2012 one was a bit more impactful. Yes. Yeah, it was a bit more. Even we lost the match. The, the Cena match. Yeah. Yeah, I meant the actual debut night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, yeah. it was a big night. Anyways, we wrap up. All right, so this is uh, this is week one of two, yes. hopefully. Yes. Of, uh, it might be three. Of, you know, who knows? There have been a lot of debuts. There have been a lot of wrestlers. Impact has had most of the debuts. <laughs> and they didn't and, they, and Impact, the Impact debuts are such their own thing that we have a... A meme about it, which is, what is so and so doing in the <laughs> impact zone? <laughs> ah! So, so maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do three episodes, maybe it'll be two. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, tag me in, brother. That's for the beginning because we forgot to do it. There you go. Yep. Uh, in the meantime, for Scott Halal, I'm what was my name? The Big Beef Buff Boy That's RD. It. Yeah, Big Buff Boy RD. That's what it was. <laughs> no, sorry. Listen, Scott, listen. The Big Beef... Big Beef. That's in quotations. Understood. Okay. The Big Beef... Uh-huh. Buff... Boy R.D. That's a lot of Bs. Yeah. You sure you want to have that name? <laughs> you know what I... Uh, you know what I thought about if we had to rename the podcast? Yeah. The Power Plants. We're plants in the crowd. No? We're not plants in the crowd. Well, we're fans. And we would be plants in the crowd. I would definitely take a Samoan shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I would be a stunt granny. Yeah. I, power plants. Power plants. I'm not going to use it, but I... Not going not to use it. Tag me out, brother. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>